Hey, how's it going? It's going! Um, Minnesota couldn't finish one trial before they decided to do another murder, so there's that happening. Um, well, you know, Aaron, sometimes you just forget if you're left or right-handed when you're 45 years old. I mean, well, and I just put it on my Instagram, but somebody posted, if you don't know the difference between a gun and a taser, you shouldn't be allowed to carry either, and I agree. Yeah, so- uh-huh. Um, also, can you... Can you think of an instance, and I'm just I'm just spitballing with you here. It's just sure. me and you. No one else is listening to this conversation. No, no one at all. Can you think of another time in recent history when a white person was accidentally shot and killed in a routine traffic stop when they, someone was reaching for their taser? Um, not while they were reaching for their taser. However, my sister did have a close friend in college who was pulled over by a university policeman and shot in the back five times and killed. The fuck? University police doesn't have any kind of authority. They yeah. are just above Renacop. What the and fuck? And he got he just got fired. He did not get indicted or put on trial. The f- okay. It's time to change the police. Uh yeah. Um, Maybe if we make it a jingle as- that's appealing to white people, like more people will get on board. Maybe. What I you know, like I like I sent to our group earlier this week when some dipshit had the audacity to text me asking me to vote no in the <laughs> defund the police campaign and i typed back that there is literally a man on trial for murdering someone in the street and we all know what happened because it's on video so don't ask me to vote no to defund the police y'all don't deserve one red cent get fucked so I so you know I like to like look at the psychology and I and I like to look at like what the risk assessor said in all of this right mm-hmm. some somebody went in mm-hmm. and coached all of the hires up in the Minnesota in that police department in this trial because they all agreed that what that guy did was wrong and he should go to prison. They finally said those things Good. because some some risk assessor finally came in. You're an insurance. What's the title of the person who goes in to determine whether it's worth paying out the insurance or letting it go to like a class action lawsuit? Oh, an adjuster? Mm, that's not the word I was looking for. Sarah, help me remember this. An actuary? actuary thank you Mm -hmm. some actuary went in and was like listen it's gonna be better for all of you to finally admit that this is fucked up and to um then to keep covering for him and that's the thing if you have 12 terrible policemen and 1300 good ones but the 1300 good ones don't turn in the 12 bad ones you have 1312 bad policemen right sorry stop hiding behind it stop protecting each other it's not worth it right and if this you can't, if you can't do that, then welcome to a democracy. We're going to take our power back. Right. Go fuck yourself. Bye. So if you live in San Antonio, vote yes to defund the police. <laughs> 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 Ugh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get on my soapbox, but I am very excited because today's show has no death, no dying. Oh, for real? Yeah. They don't talk about that. What happened with the third album? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
No, but you know, okay. So there is some controversy surrounding this movie, and that uh-huh. is the fact I talk that, about that a little bit that DJ Spinderella is left completely out, and she is not happy. No, she filed a lawsuit against Salt and Pepper already right before this movie came out, and then she. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. About yeah. It. Okay. Cool. I'm excited to hear about it because, like, I mean. I don't know about you. I loved Salt and Pepper growing up. I was not really allowed to listen to them, but that doesn't mean that I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, right. Um, that and TLC. I'm a big TLC fan too. Still. Yeah. Um, I'll play Crazy Sexy Cool like while I'm working. Um, but I was a huge, and still am a huge Salt and Pepper fan. Um, so this movie was like right up my alley. I was very excited to watch it, and I thought like for sure I thought there would be more of like the actual group dynamic instead of just the duo, but neither here nor there. That doesn't surprise me because it was always about the duo and we'll kind of talk about that. But like Spinderella wasn't their first DJ. No. Um, her ex-boyfriend was their first DJ. No, he was their manager. Um, they had a DJ Latoya Hansen that we'll talk about. Oh no. Yeah. They had her too, but no, in their very, very inception, he yeah. DJed for them. Yeah. Whatever. Cause he wrote the track. We'll talk about yeah. that anyway. Yeah, we'll about um, and then like they've had several ventures that are just salt and pepper that <laughs> poor Spinderella was left out of. Yeah. So it's always been about the duo. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it's always been about the duo. It's literally called Salt and Peppa, not Salt and Peppa and, you know, Herbie or Salt and Peppa and DJ Spinderella. It's <laughs> right. Um, but also, you know, I don't know. There's a, we'll, we'll get to it. So <laughs> um, I won't get to it. You will, because it's not in the movie. So um, this week, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I watched Salt and Peppa. That's what it's called. It's a Lifetime movie that was three hours long. And it aired earlier this year in 2021. It stars Cleveland Berto. Berto? He plays Herbie. Fully loaded. Um, <laughs> I make that joke at least one more time. <laughs> oh. um, he's from Terminator, Dark Fate, The Prey, Legend of Carnoctus, Mob Rules, and Chicago PD. So nothing I've seen. Okay. Probably not. No. Um, Layla Odom. She plays Sandy or Peppa. Um, She's from the Bobby DeBard story, Game Shakers, and The Young and the Restless. Okay. And Gigi Townsend. She plays Cheryl or Salt. Um, She was an All-American in the cut. Welcome, Matt, and Silent Screams. So no, I've not heard of any of these people. No. They're all very good, though. I liked I liked this movie except the glaring. Right. Yeah. Oh, also, this is lifetime sentence. Oh, and um, I was Paul. I'm not sure if I still am. I hope it's been so. a long day. Yeah, I'm Aaron. Um, we needed a break from the death, especially after last week's episode. So. Oh, I got a text from a friend about last week's episode. Oh God. So let me shout out to my friend Courtney who I didn't realize listened to us like with frequency. Should we call her Blortney like Wine and Crime does their friend? <laughs> <laughs> Our and very own just, Blortney. She just said, good morning. I'm in the car listening to your podcast about the girl in the basement. Funny story. 
the breakfast club was on this morning and it got me to thinking about the other movie from a long time ago with jed nilson where he was a serial killer who buried girls in the bottom of the lake have a nice day and i got that at 6 43 in the morning I mean, what I love is the dedication to wake up, I assume, sometime before six o'clock and put on our podcast. Well, so she works at my old school where we had to be on campus between 620 and 630. You know what? Oh, my God. I just had an idea. Fans. Get after it. Send us an Instagram story of you listening to our podcast so we can put it on our story. Like whatever yes. you're doing while you listen to our podcast. I just think that would be so fun. Yes. I do want to know what people are doing. Yes, I do too. I love that. I Okay. Good for me. See, I told you I had ideas sometimes. <laughs> for the record, Erin just patted herself on the back. <laughs> she physically patted herself on the back after she made this idea. So if you don't send it, Erin will have to take that pat away and it will be a very, <laughs> very sad day. I actually won't take it away. So there's that. Um, we start immediately with Push It playing. So I'm already all in on this movie. Um, there's a guy voicing what it what is supposed to be the VH1 awards. And we'll correct that later. Um, I didn't know they had <laughs> awards. <laughs> um, saying that the rumor is that Salt and Peppa will reunite that evening. And we cut to the car. Sandy arrives, that's Peppa, and signs some autographs before being ushered inside. Cheryl is in a different car talking about how nervous she is and how weird this is going to be. Excellent. And we flashback. Oh, I thought this was a flashback, but it's not. It's them being introduced for the performance by Queen Latifah. Okay. Although you can't see her. So I said they're being introduced by someone who sure sounds like Queen Latifah. <laughs> so were Salt and Peppa actually in this movie, like playing themselves as the older versions? No, but they do make an appearance and I'll get to it. Okay. Because weren't they with Queen Latifah executive producers? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was that? That was my Discord. Um, yes, we both got a Discord message at the same time and stopped <laughs> like... <laughs> squirrel (laughs) um discord is my new favorite thing i love it okay so i'm so glad because that's what i like we actually have a server that Mm -hmm. i have not gotten all completed but i will invite you to now okay i would love you know we don't do the facebook right i wouldn't mind doing a discord so that's what i'm working on um, mm-hmm. Shop talk in front of everybody. If yeah. you're a Patreon member, you'll have exclusive access to channels will. that will be um, active on a lot. Yes. But I think I would like a Discord server that's kind of open to everybody that we can have some moderators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So. That'd be so fun. You know, I just I just can't do the Facebook. Honestly, I wish I could just delete the Facebook and never go back. But same, I'm, I'm having trouble cutting that cord. Anyways, okay, so not Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah is announcing. Yes, and then we go back. To 1985. Sandy and Cheryl meet over a game of spades. Cheryl is recruiting for a Sears call center, which is going to become very soon someplace that I really want to work. Um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. She sells um, extended warranties. Super exciting. So Sandy takes an application because everyone needs a job, I guess. You know, Cheryl meets her boyfriend, Herbie. Who says they should team up and rap together as a boyfriend-girlfriend duo, which sounds like a horrible idea. 
<laughs> That's right pulling. up there. That's right up there with like, we should get matching tattoos. I knew it was coming. Yep. <laughs> um, Mine says ketchup in Chinese. What's yours? Um, I didn't actually Chinese. go through. Mine's soup. <laughs> um... <laughs> um <laughs> Y'all, we are so We're far. We're going to finish this episode. <laughs> this episode will just be the one that never ends. Okay. Um, Cheryl says she's not a rapper, but he's like, no worries. We can totally do this. It'll be super easy. People do it all the time. Rapping is so easy and fun. <laughs> That's Wait. why we all have degrees in rapping. Yeah. Well, I have a degree in rapping presence. Oh, I'm not even very good at that. Oh, no, I'm not either. That was totally a joke. (laughs) Um, So they team up and do a really, really bad rap. Her boyfriend isn't into it, though, and says they need another girl to spice things up. And she's like, excuse me? And he's like, no. He's like, no, the group. This is not the most backwards way to ask for a threesome ever. Aww. Okay. Do-do-do. Sandy gets the job at Sears and sits right next to Cheryl. They talk about the boys who all work there, who are apparently all fucking famous people. They are. They really are in real life. Yes. You know who else worked there with them? Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Yes. And Kid and Play. Yeah, and Kid and Play. Yeah. Which I love the way they did Kid and Play. They did have the guy with the toy. <laughs> it was great Um, and I did not know that a Sears call center could be such a cool place Um, now it's winter and we can tell by the really really bad CGI snow Um, Sandy and Cheryl decide to team up and be rappers even though neither of them rap this should go well but thankfully (laughs) it does Um, like we know the ending so good news spoiler alert yeah, then they go to a strip club and one of the strippers hangs Sandy upside down and it's been a little too long since someone hung me upside down. So um, Sandy tells Cheryl she can see into the future, everyone's future but her own. And I was like, same girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy um, tells Cheryl that her dad died when she was 17 and things got really bad for her. After he died, though, she promised herself that she would make something out of herself. So they all get together to record a diss track, but Herbie doesn't like Sandy's part. He tells Cheryl that he tells her that Cheryl can do it. Why can't she? They get into a fight, but Cheryl steps in and tells him to be patient. Back in the best call center ever, Martin Lawrence practices his stand-up. Can you imagine? No. How fucking cool would that be? Come on. Well, when I'm super famous one day for my stand-up comedy routine where I just deliver one-liners in response to things that nobody has said, but there's a conversation in my head, mm-hmm. it's going to be very avant-garde. You can say you were there when I practiced. It's actually just going to be me playing the audio, just my audio from every one of our episodes. Great. I was yeah. there. I was there. You're welcome. Um, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to play uh, Counter Girl Cop Killer seven times. That's how I'm going to get famous. Yeah. That, I mean, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> look at how famous we are. Um, um, so Cheryl and Sandy get interrupted while they're listening to Martin Lawrence. No big deal. Um, and they get called into the boss's office. But it's all good because they're getting a race. And they don't like she's like, you guys are so good at your job. And I'm like, I've never seen either of them do any actual work. But OK. <laughs> 
Um, six weeks later, they're driving around when they hear their song on the radio. So they get out of the car in the middle of the street to sing it, which is exactly what I would do. So oh, 1000%. Um, the track blows up and Cheryl's boyfriend takes them to perform at a high school. That's okay. If you're going to perform a diss track though, where else do you want to go? I, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, (laughs) it was like the other, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so they get booed at first, but of course they kill it. They're amazing. Um, so they practice in front of Cheryl's parents who are like, you girls are ready for Broadway. I'm like, (laughs) oh, Precious. I was going to say, can you imagine rap on Broadway? But then Hamilton came. So yeah, I can. I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go to a club and perform. Oh, Herbie, the boyfriend, brings some new outfits. They go to a club to perform. And Martin opens for them. Because at the um, call center, they've all made a deal. Like Kid and Play, Martin Lawrence, Salt and Peppa. They've all made a deal that like whoever makes it first is bringing everybody else with them. Right? Like So that so like when Salt and Peppa get the club deal, they're like, "Cool, Martin, you come and open for us." Which I think is really rad. Like <laughs> And they I mean, and they continue this friendship forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they immediately get booked for two more shows. They meet a guy named Sweet Tooth who takes their picture, but weird music is playing, so I assume that something bad is going to happen soon. I'm right. Um, so they go to a premiere party for a movie. Oh, it's like Cush's something. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and Pep is trying to pick up LL Cool J, which aren't we all? Um, <laughs> right. Herbie and Salt go to meet with a um record producer he gives them five thousand dollars for another single saying if it goes well he'll give them nine thousand dollars for a full lp but herbie decides that it's really all about him and salt even though his name isn't even in the name of the group um and peppa doesn't really matter so salt's like we're gonna we're gonna split all this money three ways and he's like "Mm, this is all really about me so i'm gonna take my full half but if you want to split yours with peppa that's your prerogative and I'm like, it must be nice to have the audacity of a mediocre man. Oh, yeah. Listen, I love it. Yeah, I bet. And I said, just like a man to want more than he deserves. So Salt says it doesn't feel right taking more than Peppa. And he's like, whatever. Um, Peppa's at home on the phone with whoever she's dating when Salt comes by to tell her they got a record deal. She says she's going to drop out of school, but Peppa's like, no, I'm gonna, just going to take the semester off because I promised my dad I'd finish college before he died. Um, now it's 1986 and they arrive at a club to perform, but they find out an imposter group arrived before them and said they were Salt and Peppa. So the bouncer's like, they're already here. You guys can go kick rocks. It turns Great. out it was the Sweet Tooth guy who like okay. made a different band and like pretended to be them. Um, so Herbie goes back to the back of the club and sneaks in and confronts him. And he gets the ever loving shit beat out of him. Love it. Um, Cheryl comes and breaks it up, but sweet tooth punches her and knocks her out. Oh my God. Yeah. Not cool, bro. So they go and meet with a new team who's going to handle all their booking, etc. And he's like, dude, the guy's name is AJ. He's like, Hey, the problem is, 
you don't have any photos. He's like, people know who you are by your songs. They don't know what you look like. So of course this other group came in and was like, we're salt and pepper. And everybody was like, cool, whatever. Um, I don't know if that's how that works, but okay. Um, um, so Herbie also has the name um, trademark salt and pepper. Um, so that way they can um, sue anybody that tries to impersonate them. Um, they're at practice later and he presents push it to them and they are like not into it at first. <laughs> not at all. Um, um, but he pushes them. LOL. And so they record it and learn choreography, the whole thing. Um, of course, push it is a bop. So it takes off. Um, Cheryl tries to eat some chips while they're practicing and he tells her not to. So she kills him the end he's like you're getting fat and she's like cool i'm gonna kill you now so and that's where the movie yeah. ends no um, joke. um but no she and uh peppa just leave but she forgets her jacket and when she comes back in she finds herbie flirting with another girl because again he has all the audacity sandy gets her hair done by a friend who totally fucks it up and now her hair is falling out so Cheryl comes over and talks her off the ledge, even though they're taking publicity photos the next day um, and talks her into trying something different. So this is where they get like the, um, like the undercut and the like long on the other side that they're kind of famous for back in the day. Right. Um, so of course they look amazing for their photo shoot. Um, and now it's 1987 and they're practicing Latoya is late, so Herbie fires her. And who put him in? Like, why is he in charge of this? I don't get it. Um. So they go on tour, and we see them traveling around, all in clips. Um, they get they start partying and doing drugs and whatever. Um, Peppa finds Herbie making out with another girl in the hotel lobby. She calls him a trifling ass, and he calls her ghetto and threatens to fire her from the band. And I was like, Can I just set you on fire now? Like. What he threatens to fire who? Peppa. Yeah how how are you gonna mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does he know that the band is? Yeah. Called... Well, he was like, "We replace Latoya. We can replace you too." Yeah, but Latoya's name wasn't half the. Like this isn't Lassie. You can't replace one with another. Yeah. People are going to notice. It's not Paul McCartney. When one's dead, you can't just bring in another. Um, so things got to get really tense between all of them. They're recording and Cheryl answers the phone call. Um, and it's a woman asking for Herbie. When she says he can't come to the phone and asked, and she asked if she could take a message, the girl says no. But she's like, but you may want to change the sheets in the basement. Oh. Hey, we're still avoiding basements, girl. You should have not yeah. called us. No girls in the basement. <laughs> um, but she goes back in and Herbie's like, hey, who was that? And she's like, oh, no one. So great. It's just great. Everything's great. Um, the group continues to be successful. Um, someone approaches Peppa and asks her how much she's making on their sales. And she says, Herbie makes six points of commission and she and Salt split another six. So they're not even making half of what the group makes. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, 
So the guy's like, hey, here's some tips on how to renegotiate your contract. You all need to go get some money. So um, they all go to record, but Herbie dips out because he gets a work call. Um, oh, sure. Uh, the, team okay. can, the team convinces Salt to stay and keep working without him. Unfortunately, JP, the guy who I called AJ earlier because letters are hard. Um, <laughs> the guy that they're working with is leaving the team because he and Herbie have differences. Um, he tells Salt that she needs to start writing what she wants to say and not what Herbie wants to say. Sandy goes to a bar to show off her new Mercedes, which is yellow, and I take issue with that. Um, a guy approaches her and asks and tells her he's going to buy the bar a round of drinks to impress her. So, um, meanwhile, back in the band, they start branching out with the music, and Sandy starts hanging out with the guy, and she introduces Cheryl to a new guy who is thankfully not Herbie. And that is the best thing about him. Um, it's a very low bar. Yeah. Dirt level. The bar is on the floor. Um, gratuitous sex scenes follow, uh, followed by a positive pregnancy test for Sandy. Sandy is excited, but when she tells her boyfriend, the round-buying barman, um, he is not. He just says, oh, I figured you were on the p- on the pill. So romance isn't dead, y'all. Don't worry. It's alive Great. and well. Great. I love it. Um. So, um, Sandy and Cheryl go together to confront Herbie and tell him they want a better deal or they're going to cut him out of the band. Um, Herbie, who has unfortunately not been run over by a car, agrees, and he agrees to go back to the record company and get them a better deal. Um, Cheryl goes to see Herbie, like, separately at his house. Um, When he comes downstairs, she's holding a baby and gushing over him to some girl that they know. And... Um, he's like, hey, uh, girl that we know, why don't you take the baby into the other room? I need to talk to Cheryl. And so everybody, like, silently skulks out of the room. And he's like, hey, by the way, like, that baby is mine. Oh. Um, and then the camera pans to everybody from the party with their ear pressed against the door. Yeah. One girl <laughs> has an actual glass. Yeah. Um... He says he just made a little mistake. So she tells him to get fucked and runs away. Um, Later, she's completely freaking out like you do. I hope that's the actual line. Like, I hope Lifetime left that in. And they're like, if we get sued, we get sued. Yeah. Um, No. Um, So when when Sandy's like, not Sandy, when Cheryl's freaked out, she binges and purges. That's like her thing. Um, And so she goes on a binge. Um... And she's completely freaking out. But Sandy calls because she's in labor and she needs Cheryl to come down there because her stupid boyfriend didn't show up to, like, see no. the baby born. I'm shocked. Yeah. So, like, Cheryl goes to the hospital and they, like, hold hands and they promise to be best friends forever and to keep cutting each other's hair. It's very cute. And why are men? Right. This is, like, the running theme of my life lately. Why are men? Um... So Cheryl starts dating the new guy that she met, Gavin, that um, Sandy introduced her to. They go to MTV Spring Break 1991. There's a really weird scene where Sandy bungee jumps off a ledge and onto a bed that's in a pool. Why wouldn't you do that? Sounds awful. Yeah. Um, But then they go into Arsenio to talk about let's talk about sex. And they talk about using their voices to address the AIDS epidemic. They talk about women's rights. 
Cheryl also announces that she is pregnant, but she does not correct Arsenio when he attributes the baby to Herbie incorrectly. But also, how do you correct that? But also, Gavin is very upset. And so he storms out and leaves. Yeah. So Cheryl has a baby girl. They're working on new songs, but Herbie hates it and pushes them to make the song It's None of Your Business. Um, Since they're all arguing, another one of their teams suggests that Sandy and Cheryl do half of the album and Herbie does half of the album and everybody gets what they want. So um, they all go to a party later where a knockoff version of Big Papa plays. Yes. I love Lifetime knockoffs. Yeah. And Sandy's boyfriend stumbles around drunk after her. Sandy calls Cheryl like in the middle of the party and she pitches Shoop. Which I hope that's what really happened. Um, while Cheryl is on her way into church, which I also hope is what really happened. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I, so I don't know, but this feels very accurate mm-hmm. yeah. to the people that they are. Yeah. Um, um, in addition, um, oh no, afterwards, Sandy goes back out to talk to her boyfriend but her very existence has pissed him off today. So he throws a bottle of booze at her. So that's great. Um, they go on and they record shoop while both holding their babies on their hips. And I hope that that's really what happened too. You know what? We're making it canon. That's truth. Okay, great. Okay. So um, Sandy's boyfriend comes to apologize for being the worst since he had a terrible life. His anger gets away from him. Ugh. Men. Shoop obviously takes off because it's a great song. And because men can't handle the success of women, some guys on the radio make fun of Cheryl's weight. Um, but Cheryl, who is bothered by it, is still living a better life. And she go, they all go on a world tour. Cheryl tells Sandy um, that her boyfriend needs to get over his anger issues. And Sandy's like, no, he's a good man. I promise. Sandy tells Cheryl that she needs to give Gavin another chance and then makes fun of her for having a vibrator instead of a boyfriend, which I thought was rude. So, (laughs) um, Cheryl asks her what this is all about, all the performing and the recording, and then like keep doing it over and over again. And Sandy's like, um, you know, you need like, this is just what we do. We said, this is what we were going to do with our lives. And, She's like, dude, am I going to be 60 years old singing, you know, let's talk about sex? (laughs) Why not? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm 60 on the inside and I still play it all the time. So Cheryl says she doesn't feel like herself anymore. And Sandy tells her that she needs to relax and enjoy life. Um, She says she's not sure how much more she can do this. And she's got, there's got to be more to life than like what they're doing. But Sandy just ignores her. So the group is performing at an event and the organizer asks them to take out. It's none of your business. Cause she doesn't like the song and it's her event, but they don't. Well, why would they? I mean, well, because the person that the person that paid them to be there didn't want to hear it. It's like, if I ask a, oh, a DJ not to play, I don't know. Right. YMCA. But you're not hiring Stan the man with a piano vest to put on his no. iPod and walk away. Okay. You're hiring is, Salt this is and the editor. This is the editor-in-chief of Essence magazine. So it's not like a, a Joe Blow off the street hiring Salt and Peppa for his daughter's super sweet 16. 
I don't know. I'm apparently an official salt and pepper apologist. Apparently. I can't get on, I can't get on board with this. So they perform the song anyway, and the lady is like super pissed. Um so afterwards, Cheryl goes back to her hotel room and has a serious binge. Um Sandy is ironing her clothes for her boyfriend's movie premiere, but he doesn't like her outfit, so they get into a fight. Um, things are not going well for our main characters. Later, Sandy is hiding under a blanket while Cheryl tells her that she has to leave her boyfriend for good because they both have terrible taste in men. And, I mean, this is literally what me and my friends talk about on the Red Gooler. So, <laughs> Sandy says all she wants to do is make her dad proud, and she doesn't think her dad would be very proud right now. And then her... Um, Cheryl's like, dude, you're, you're Peppa. Like, what are you talking about? Your dad wouldn't be, you're Peppa. Like, and I just kept thinking of that John Mulaney bit. Where he's talking <laughs> about Sir Patrick Stewart, salt and Peppa. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh God. Okay. God, what, what is that from? Is that from Kid Gorgeous? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I get either. his. I get his special. It's either New in Town or Kid Gorgeous. I can't remember, but it's really funny. Um, So Sandy says, oh, no. So Cheryl's phone ring just rings while they're talking. And it's Gavin because they're back together. And Cheryl hadn't told Sandy that. And so then they're all like giddy and like over the fact that she and Gavin are back together. Um. Cheryl brings up changing labels and they both agree, but they both know that Herbie won't agree. So they decide that if he wants to fight them on changing labels, they'll let him take them to court, which he does. Okay. But he loses. Um, Well, of course he does. Herbie is no longer fully loaded. Um, He's out. Um, He does tell Cheryl that he's proud of her and what they did making salt and pepper a thing. She says she doesn't hate him and the issues they had, you know, in their relationship were all separate from the group. So I guess they part ways on good enough terms. He's actually, he ends up at the VH1 thing that they end up, that, that like is the finale of this movie. So, um, so the team is all waiting for Sandy to record some new stuff, um, but she doesn't show up. Cheryl calls, but sh- uh, Sandy's having a big party. And when her boyfriend is like, hey, it's Cheryl on the phone, Sandy yells down the balcony, tell her I'm not home because that's a thing. Yep. <laughs> um, so Cheryl drives over there and barges in on the party and confronts Sandy, who offers her a blunt and says they have plenty of time to record whenever. They get into a fight because, I mean, their lifestyles have really, like, forked off. Um, Cheryl has become kind of, like, a churchgoer and like very responsible and organized. And Sandy is, you know, kind of still in the party world and doing her own thing and, you know, enjoying the lifestyle that she has become accustomed to. And right. I don't really think that either of them is wrong. You know, like I think that it's just sometimes you grow apart. Um, they get into a fight about who works more and it ends with Cheryl storming out and going on another food binge. In January of 1999, the label that they started together has gone bust, and so they approach another label to represent them. But Cheryl is not impressed with the offer they receive. She and Sandy get into another fight in front of the label rep. Um, They agree finally to do it, to do the tour, which is just like a club tour. But she's also like, hey, I'm pregnant, so you're going to have to deal with that. (laughs) So they go on tour, and what a man plays while they tour. 
Um, of course. Peppa gets married. Um, okay. One night they're performing and a pregnant Cheryl collapses. Later, she's in the bus bathroom getting sick when Peppa beats on the door telling her she had a premonition of death. And I was like, dude, don't ever say that to a pregnant lady. That's terrible. Yeah, no joke. Um, Cheryl goes to the doctor who tells her she has to stop touring. Sandy and her husband have breakfast with their kids while Cheryl's in church and the preacher is talking about food and alcohol addiction and how it's the same thing with people. Um, and like, what this is all like flashing back and forth. So like there's the preacher talking about how sometimes you outgrow people and you have to like move on. Um, and Cheryl's like crying and then it flashes back to Sandy whose husband is like trying to have sex with her and she doesn't want to, but she's like, he just stands up and gets all pissed off. And he's like, you're supposed to be my ride or die. How dare you not want to sleep with me? I want a divorce. Yeah. Okay. So Cheryl continues to sit in church and consider her relationship with Sandy. Um, and then we see Sandy on the other end. Her husband leaves her. So the preacher finally wraps up with, you have to control your own well-being. And so Cheryl calls Sandy from the church after service when the church is empty. And so she, so Sandy's like on the couch crying about her failed marriage with a glass of wine. And Cheryl calls right at that moment to be like, hey, um, I don't want to be your partner anymore. Um, she says she doesn't know who she is anymore and she needs to find herself away from it. Sandy says she doesn't need her and that she's a quitter just like everyone else that she knows. Um, um, she says the premonition she had was of them. They're the ones who died. And then she hangs up. Great. So the news about the breakup hits the news cycle. Um, Cheryl works on a solo project, but she doesn't like it without Sandy. Sandy tries to go solo, but nobody's interested in them without each other. So they're both miserable. I mean... I would be too. Yeah. Um, so they're both miserable. Sandy almost starts playing again, but her son interrupts her. Thank God, because there's a phone call. Um, it cuts over to Cheryl's house and she's, her husband is getting off a similar phone call. Both of them are contacted by producers of VH1 to do a hip hop hall of fame, not an award show, which makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're getting ready to perform and it is Queen Latifah introducing them. I knew it. Yay. Um, they're not even speaking. They're backstage and they're not even speaking to each other. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but of course, um, they get, they go out, they turn it on. They totally kill it. They sing what a man they sing. Let's talk about sex. They sing shoot, push it. Um, while they perform it, they show video footage of them through the years um, after they're done, they hug and say they've missed each other. The crowd goes wild. They show the real salt and Peppa exiting the stage from the same performance um, and end with a still of them walking down the hallway in the arena that they were in. Um, the ending text says, quote, salt and Peppa continue to perform around the world. The year 2020 marks their 35th anniversary in the music business together. Oh, yeah. So, Yeah. Good that time. was kind of a feel-good movie. I love it, it was. I needed it oh, real bad. Okay, so just at the top, I have I had several sources, but the biggest ones were Wikipedia and Biography.com. And then I had some smaller things that were like 
I forgot to write the title, but one was like biographies of hip hop.com or something like oh, very cool. niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sandra Jacqueline Denton, known mm-hmm. to us as Peppa, was born in yes. Kingston, Jamaica on November 9th, 1969, or maybe 1964. Uh, they couldn't agree. No, they like the sources have like a five year difference, which is strange. Um, and Wikipedia just has both dates listed. So, like, it's got two ages for her. <laughs> just Again, me. there's no way to know. Um, two parents, Charles and Enid Denton. Um, her mother's maiden name was Hyacinth, which I love that so much as a last name. Mm-hmm. Um, the young, she was the youngest of eight, eight children, and um, she lived on a farm in Jamaica with her grandmother until she was six years old. Aww. Her family, however, moved to Queens, New York when she was three, and she later joined them. So okay. she spent three years in Jamaica while her family was getting settled in Queens. I've been to um, Jamaica. Have you? I'm jealous. It's very beautiful. Um, it's very beautiful. Well, the resort, the resorts are very beautiful. Um, I took a tour where we went into, like, the island, and uh-huh. the people there are very poor and very, yeah. like... Uh, it's not a good, like the, it's a very much a resort Island and all the people that run the resorts have a lot of money and all the people that really live there don't. And that sucks. That's so sad. So, um, I don't know how much you know about the history of Jamaica. Not a ton. So it basically was settled as we know it today, um, specifically to grow sugar plantations. Yes. Like for sugar plantations rather, Mm -hmm. um, which sugar plantations all, all slavery was awful. Like, let me let me start by addressing that. Sugar plantations were exceptionally awful in Louisiana. Yeah. We had sugar plantations, and after um, America made it illegal to import slaves, every state saw an increase in slavery numbers because slaves were having children. Except for Louisiana, which was predominantly sugar, where slaves were dying um, before they reached age thirty. So. Jamaica has a history of just that. Um, That is what I'm currently teaching in my English class. And so, um, yeah. And so I can imagine that it is. Why can't American people just leave other people? Why can't white people just leave other people alone? Right. Because, I mean, that was, let's see, Jamaica was owned by the British while... um, St. Domingue was owned by France and then St. Domingue became Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and Haiti, I mean, Haiti has an awful history too. Yes, um, and as both got freedom, America didn't want to do trade with them for a long time because they were afraid that if our slaves knew that slaves could be free, that they would want freedom too. And I was like, Hey, I all old well, white already. guys. Right. I think they already wanted to be free. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That is supposed to be a secret? Like, what? Right. Uh, yep. So right along your... with why are men, why are white people? Like, why? <laughs> there's your history lesson for the day. You're welcome. Uh, so anyway. Um, and so Denton, perf- or Denton describes herself as being a performer since childhood. Um, and in her 2008 memoir, let's talk about pep um she talks a lot (laughs) right i love that 
I've also uh, been in a performer since birth, but nobody wants to pay to watch me. So I do this podcast. Let's, let's talk about Aaron. It's not nearly as catchy a title. So it really isn't. No. Ooh, but Aaron, my grievances is. <gasps> that is a great one. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Dealing that one from you. You're, You're thank welcome. you. Or Aaron, my dirty laundry. <laughs> if it's a like a tell all about Aaron, my grievances is the best. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, in any case, in her book, she also talks about growing up how um, she was molested actually quite a bit as a child. Um, well, I don't like so that. Not a great childhood. Um, and so, in 1979, when Sandy was 15 or possibly 10 years old, there's no way to know. Um, she was sent to live with her older sister, Patsy, in Logan, Utah, after her family home in Queens caught fire. Um, and they no. sent her there hoping she could have a better life. That's terrible. Um, yeah. And so it mentioned, one of the reviews I read mentioned that in the movie, it only shows that, like, when it shows Sandy's family, there's only, like, a couple of sisters in a shot with her. But, like, she's one of eight and like her family life was actually kind of a big deal so more than just trying to make her father proud like there was a lot her family was very involved yeah they um, don't they didn't spend a lot of time you know we do meet her mom in the movie who was actually jamaican and i loved that um oh I love they that. actually like did that you know right you know <laughs> Um, so according to Sandy, she was the only black student according, uh, attending Logan high school during the time. Oh, in Utah? You don't yeah. say. <laughs> right. Um, so she became inspired by rock music. She cites ACDC and Led Zeppelin as her biggest inspirations during her time in Utah. That's um, cool. But after a year in Utah, she returns to New York and later graduates from Springfield Gardens high school. And after high school, she enrolls at Queensboro community college to study nursing. And so she was a really serious student, like head down, nose always in a book. And that is evidenced by an interview that she and Cheryl gave uh, to The Guardian, I think it was, where they said they basically never went to class. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was here. While they she do was- mention that in the movie. She's like, yeah, we, we. Or it was. I think it was Cheryl who was like they were talking to her about something, and she was like, "Yeah, I, I don't ever go to class." <laughs> yeah. So it was while she was here in Queensboro at Queensboro Community College that she met Cheryl Renee James. Cheryl James, known as Salt, was born March twenty eighth, nineteen sixty six, and she is the daughter of a transit worker and Barbara James, who is a bank manager. So, like, that's all the information that we have anywhere about her dad, which is fine. Um, yeah. But I like that all of it has her mom, like mom's name in giant letters, big shout out to hardworking mama here. Hey, um, listen, sometimes the dad doesn't deserve shit. So. No, I know. I, I just, like <laughs> oh, I said, I like I'm being honest. I really love that we know nothing about the dad. Clearly he wasn't involved, but mama gets a big shout out in everything always. 100%. Um, so she was born in Brooklyn and she's the middle of three children. Shout out to the middle. I get it. Um, she attended Grover Cleveland High School, graduating in 1983. And after high school, she enrolled in Queensboro Community College also to study nursing. While studying nursing, but mostly skipping class to play spades, she met and befriended Sandy Denton, who would eventually become known as the Peppa to her salt. Yes. Quote, we were big time screw ups, James told The Guardian. We never went to class. We just hang around in the lunchroom playing cards and we formed this amazing friendship. Because we were polar opposites, we fascinated each other. Yeah. The students 
then took their friendship off campus. They became co-workers at, um, at a Sears call center as part-time telephone operators, working alongside, as we mentioned, Martin Lawrence and Christopher Martin and Christopher Reed, who made up the hip-hop comedy duo Kid and Play. You've got to be sure. Like, that is like working with... I'm trying to think of, like, what in our... Like, more... Mod- it's like working with Key and Peele and fucking, like... Uh, John Mulaney. I don't know. Like, John, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a... a like a really good black comedian. Like I'm, or it's like working with Key and Peele and like Childish Gambino. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a very good. Like what the fuck? <laughs> or that would be like listeners. If you got a part-time job working beside me and Aaron, like it'd be the same kind of. Except not. Great- <laughs> <greatness>. <laughs> so anyway, is uh, she, um cheryl said in an interview with vibe it was that sense of humor that we both had laughter was contagious when we were together we always made each other laugh so during a shift cheryl's boyfriend at the time herbie azer had an idea she said um herbie was a music student he was always working on beats and music and he wanted to produce a song um that was something she said in an interview to rolling stone um but he needed a group and he thought Denton might be the perfect fit. <laughs> I remember him asking me, can you rhyme at work at Sears? His desk wasn't too far from mine. His little cubby hole. She told the music magazine. I've never rapped in front of a crowd ever in my life. I grew up with park jams. That's how I knew about rap, but she went for it and showed what she had with a couple of lines. Like I'm Sandy D from coast to coast. And she said that to me was an audition. I just had my little raps that I used to write, but I was nervous. I was scared. I always wanted to, but I never did. Then um, they went to Azer's attic and Denton and James recorded their first track in 1985. At the time, rap was all about battles. So even though they were an all female group trying to break into a male dominated uh, industry, Mm -hmm. they decided to take on some of the most established names in the industry. um, Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh, it was his high school. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize that it was his high school. That's hilarious. It was his high school. They went to his high school too. Yeah. So Dougie Fresh had a song called The Show. And so they wrote this song called The Showstopper is Stupid Fresh. (laughs) So (laughs) for like, they hit the ground running. Um, and so Cheryl James said in this vibe, mag- this interview with vibe magazine, that was the best way for us, female rap for us as female rappers to get noticed, which is crazy for us to do because Doug and slick Rick were the biggest thing ever. And the show was the, the biggest song ever. It was very ballsy for two women that nobody knew to do something like that. So eventually they re-recorded it uh, more professionally at power play studios and Azer took it to WBLS to the DJ there, Marley Marl. Um, who had a show, world famous Mr. Magic Rap Attack, which is a lot. That sounds like a cult. There's too many words in that show. Yeah, there is. Um, back then, you could only hear hip hop on the weekends, James explained to Rolling Stone. And Marl promised Herbie that he would play the song. So they were like, they would spend all weekend, every weekend, glued to their radios until one day they were driving down Queens. Um, they said it was down Guy Brewer Boulevard and they heard the showstopper on the, the showstopper on the radio. Um, James says it was one of the most exciting moments of our career. 
Pep, being the crazy person that she is, she stopped the car in the middle of the boulevard. She jumped out of the car and started screaming, they're playing my song. That's me. That's me on the radio. And like, that's 1000% how I would behave. Oh, 100%. And Cheryl's in the car going, get back in the car. (laughs) Get in here, you idiot. (laughs) I mean, I'd be in the middle of fucking highway. Like, (laughs) have you ever seen dream girls? The, um, the not for a Beyonce. long time, but yes. When their song, when Cadillac comes on the radio, uh-huh. um, they're driving down the highway and they just get out of range because they're like, the black stations have the worst uh, frequency or, or, you know, the worst yeah, range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he pulls a U-turn in the middle of the highway so they can go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that exposure that. was exactly what they needed. So from there, they started doing local shows. Um and literally they were booking these like kind of local big shows from this one successful single. The bigger the song got, the more they were quote bite, the more we were biting our nails said, um, Cheryl in that vibe interview. Okay. Because they were afraid of a response from slick Rick and Doug. Oh Fresh. yeah, of course. Um, so James said one time we saw them at a club and they were really nice to us. And then um, Sandy added, I remember Dougie Fresh telling me once that Slick Rick was going to get us, but Doug Fresh said, I'll let him live. (laughs) (laughs) Let him live. Good grief. Even though they were 20 and 19, suddenly their lives had an entirely different dimension. Or, you know, maybe 25 and 19. God knows. Yeah. (laughs) At this point. Nobody Um, knows. We were going to school. We were working at Sears after school. And on the weekends, we were doing shows in Manhattan, James told the Rolling Stone. Uh, James told the Rolling Stone magazine, sorry. Making money wasn't the goal, nor was the goal being extremely famous. The goal was to entertain, to make good music, and to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So with their new side hustle, they needed a more fitting name. Um, when they released the Showstopper, they called themselves Supernature. Mm-hmm. Um. But there was a lyric in their song, we go together like salt and pepper. And um, people on the, like, people would start calling in to the weekend radio shows requesting, sorry, um, requesting that showstopper song by salt and pepper, by salt and pepper is what they'd keep asking for. Because of that lyric, we go together like salt and pepper. They just assumed that that was the, the group's name. And so they felt that salt and pepper then felt like fit them perfectly. They already had a fan base who knew them as that. So it was easier to change their name than to change the entire fan base to call them the right name. Yeah, which totally. I get like Oprah Winfrey's name is actually Orpa. Orpa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. Um, so now with an established name and airplay, it seemed like the group was headed to the top, but the road there clearly wasn't so smooth. Um, they found bi- counterfeit versions of their club of their group performing in clubs and they couldn't get a record deal because I'm going to let you guess why two women couldn't get a record deal. Well, I don't know. We still live in like the, the 1600. So I'm guessing something about not being allowed to own property or cash their own checks or something. You know, basically, yeah, it's because, um, rap was a man's art. You have to have balls to understand what it means to talk real fast and talk shit about people. So and here's I'm just saying, have you ever like, okay, yeah. I mean, and especially back then rap was all about the diss track. That's all it was. 
have you ever heard a woman talk shit about a man? <laughs> yes. Because when I hear a man talk shit about a woman, it's mostly like, she's a whore, she's a slut, and a bitch. No, Arr. a woman a woman who's mad is like a middle schooler. They will find the thing you hate about yourself the most and point it and out. And exploit it, yeah. <laughs> I know, I am a woman. I know. Um, so they grew... Uh, the group entered the music industry at a time when hip hop was believed to be a fad. So major record companies weren't even interested in signing hip hop artists. Most so early. I'm going to date artists- myself here, but I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember watching the Grammys the year they had the first like best rap category. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was not that long ago. No. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I remember it was not that long ago. Um, so, um, many of the early hip hop artists, in fact, were recording for independent labels. Um, so salt and Peppa made actually their biggest impact on hip hop was that they were one of the first all female rap groups. Um, of course, many of the feminists of the time, it's funny to see trends in feminism change. Like, you know, there are the three, like, big times in feminism. Because the feminists of the time actually um, decried salt and pepper because um, of the sexist lyrics and video clips that objectified women's body in hip-hop. Even though, like, they even hated salt and pepper for coming out in their, like, sexy outfits and talking about men because it furthered the... Um, narrative that rap was pushing that it was okay to be sexist and um, objectify women. Right. So the first rap group rap group award was in 2004. Oh my gosh. For real? And it was presented to Naughty by Nature. I love Naughty by Nature. Um. So salt and pepper changed the look of hip hop. Like I said, they were um, scantily clad is what this one article said. They, you know, always wore sexy clothing. They weren't afraid to talk about sex or their thoughts about men. Um, Their song, let's talk about sex was, and still is a huge hit. Um, And so eventually they met Eddie O'Loughlin of an indie label called next plateau who offered $5,000 for the single. I'll take your man. And another $9,000 for an album. Mm-hmm. When the song Tramp needed a B-side, they were at um, Herbie's friend Fresh Gordon's house. Gordon developed a riff. Herbie wrote some lyrics. And on the fly, salt and Pepper recorded a track called Push It. In a bathroom because of the echoes from the tiles. They show them recording in the bathroom. So in the in the movie, they show like the guy like doing the riff on the keyboard, and then Herbie's like writing lyrics, and and then they're like, okay, we're gonna record it, and they have like a whole setup in the bathroom. It's hilarious. Yeah, and that's really they've liked yeah. the reverberation off the tiles. So that's where Push It was recorded, which is such a, like, so interesting because now, now I hear it, like listening yeah. back to the song, knowing that fact. Yeah. You hear I'm like, it. that's the sound. Like, that's yeah. what that sound is. Okay. Yeah. Um, such a good song. God. <laughs> so Cheryl said, 
is that Cheryl? Yeah. So Cheryl said, Pep and I were, uh, were in there trying to go, ooh, baby, baby, thinking it was so corny. This is an interview with the Guardian. Yes, she. They, they hand, in the movie. They hand her. They he hands them like the lyrics, and they're both like, "Oh, baby, baby, oh, baby," and, <laughs> and he's like, "No," he's like, "No, it's ooh, baby, baby," and they're like, "Oh, baby, baby," and I'm, right. like, I'm like, and then I'm like, "Oh, oh, baby," and then I went into a whole Britney Spears thing, <laughs> right? Exactly, and you're like, "Wait, wait, wrong movie." I was like, whoa, you already did that one. So (laughs) she said the song didn't make a lot of sense to us. And then when we were on tour, a DJ in San Francisco called Cameron Paul flipped Tramp over and started playing Push It. And all the stations followed suit and it just took off. Yep. So that song is what launched them into another realm of fame because it sold more than a million copies. And I love that it's originally a B-side. Like, Uh because usually your B-side is like nothing, but that's great. Um, it hit number story. 20 on Billboard's pop charts because, like, hip-hop wasn't even good. a chart yet. Nope. Uh, yeah, and it's that good. And it was nominated for a Grammy. Nice. Um, so, yes, the first hip-hop group to win a Grammy was DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith, her parents just don't understand. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about this line, too. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> Cheryl added in this interview with The Guardian... Quote, it's a very popular song in maternity wards. And an aquarium once told us that they play push it when the sharks start mating. <laughs> I get the maternity ward thing. Sorry, that when they play push it, the shark the sharks start mating. Nice. So like that's you know, like we don't have any Marvin Gaye, let's throw on some push it. I mean, whatever <laughs> works. You know, whatever helps the sharks get in the mood, I think. Right. You know, I'm not going to kink shame the sharks either. <laughs> so they signed to Next Plateau Records to a f- to record a full-length album. And um, this album was Hot, Cool, and Vicious, which was released in 1986. Um, sorry, the first album was Hot, Cool, and Vicious, was released in 1986 with the original um, DJ, LaToya Hansen. Um Hanson was later replaced by 15-year-old DJ Deidre Spinderella Roper. Um, yes. And Spinderella had actually learned to DJ from an ex-boyfriend. Um, and he... I choose to believe that he basically, like, talked shit. And, like, when they broke up, was like, You'll never... You'll never be as good as me. And then, like, she just walked into a contract with Salt and Peppa. She's like, hey, Salt and Peppa, need a new DJ? And they're like, yeah, come on. Um, so, the album was produced by Herbie Azer, um, who at the time was still dating Salt and was the group's manager. Um, and years later, the women did find themselves in legal issues with Azer when they accused him of paying unfair royalties. So Hot, Cool, and Vicious provided some moderate R&B hits with the singles My Mic Sound Nice, Tramp, and Chick on the Side. Um, but this was the, sing- the album that um, Push It came from. So I've gone backwards in time. So now their next album was their full, um, their full album. Um, and that's Assault with a Deadly Peppa. And it was released on July 26, 1988. Um, God, I'm just going to sit here and make a new Spotify playlist that's just Salt and Peppa and TLC. Oh, God. That sounds so good. I know. Um, 
And so that album had Shake Your Thing, which was a top 10 R&B hit, um, a top 20 R&B hit, and a minor pop hit were seen with Get Up, Everybody Get Up and Twist and mm-hmm. Shout. Mm-hmm. Um, Twist and Shout actually became a major hit in the UK um, and several European countries, and the album became certified gold for excess sales of 600,000 copies sold in the US and a total of 800,000 copies sold internationally. Nice. Um, so the group's third album was Black's Magic, which I think is my favorite full album of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peppa um, became pregnant while they were recording and releasing this album. Herbie produced some songs on the album, but he was producing other acts at the time. So he agreed to let other artists work to let the artists work with other producers um, to finish the album. So James and Roper took on producing assignments themselves and the trio hired different producers, such as Invincible's producer, Dana Mosey. This was the first album that featured Spinderella on vocals as well as DJing. Um, and that's kind of important just insofar as how she was cut out of the history. Like she, she, you know, she like recorded on these albums. It's not like she was just, dropping beats and stuff for them. Right. Um, so the result was six singles released by next plateau records, several of which became hits um, expression, which peaked at number 26 in the U S number 40 in the UK, and then had a resurgence in the UK two years later, where it peaked at number 23, mm-hmm. a platinum singer single that had been certified gold before it even cracked in the, before it even cracked the U S hot 100. Um, was okay. Yeah. So expression was a platinum single single that was certified gold before it even hit the U S top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, independent. I don't know which featured kid in play. Cause as we mentioned, they kept friendships with their, you know, college buddies forever. Yes. Um, the Sears call center. Yeah. Can you imagine calling a Sears call center and like it's Salt and Peppa, Martin Lawrence and Kid and Play just manning the whole place. Right. That should be its own TV show. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I don't know. Was the one that featured Kid and Play. Do you want me? Which hit number 21 in the US and number five in the UK certified gold. Let's talk about sex. Um, was peaked at number 13 in the US and number two in the UK. It certified gold. And then they later re-recorded it as Let's Talk About AIDS. And we'll talk about yes. their um, philanthrop- like philanthropical side in a minute. I just mm-hmm. made up a word, philanthropic side. Philanthropical. <laughs> Listen, I'm ready for vacation. I was thinking tropical. Yeah. Um, and then You Showed Me, which peaked at number 15 in the UK. The right. album initially sold 1.6 million copies worldwide with a million of those sold in the U S. Um, and then there was a greatest hits album much later called a blitz of salt and pepper hits, which mm-hmm. um, remixed a lot of this album. So um, the remixes are actually really good too. Yeah. But when you have good source material, that's easy. Yeah. So they found a lot of success because they dove into what seemed like taboo topics, talking about safe sex and let's talk about sex. And then they talked about the HIV epidemic in 1993 in a song they titled I've got AIDS PSA. Yes. Um, 
And Spinderella told the Herald Tribute, quote, We were in the era of HIV. That was a time when no one was really sure how you contracted it, so we used our platform to create discussion and dialogue. Um, and so many people accuse them of being like calculated that their um, philanthropical side was actually just them trying to appeal to wider audiences and um, kind of pander to um pander to audiences which i would like to point out that the largest consumer of their music were the people who were disproportionately affected by the aids epidemic um and by um, racism and healthcare and so many things so to just say that you're trying to pander to an audience rather than you're singing about the people you know and love is so wholly ridiculous well what i love about it is that those are all opinions of people that probably have never put on a salt and pepper album for like the fun of it. Right. Um, so take the giant stick out of your ass and and have a good time. God damn. Um, so like I said, people accuse them of this, of being really calculated, but it was actually just the opposite. Um, Cheryl said, quote, we came along at a time when female rappers weren't really having that much commercial success and we brought fun, fashion, and femininity to hip hop. We also came out hitting the heart of a female audience and speaking their truth and stepping out and being as bold as we were with the things that we had to say, the way we dressed, being successful in such a male oriented genre, such a misogynistic genre. I think that women were really hungry. We're really hungry for a voice. Mm hmm. Um, so on top of it they um they soon all had their own children they were traveling the world um and um they were starting to kind of see and think about the influence that they had um so sandy said in an interview quote we all have little sisters and cousins who look up to us and we see what they go through so we have to be an example as you get older, and now that we also have children, your conscience starts working on you. You you have to give your fans and your children something they can use in life. Um, and so that kind of created a shift in their um, fourth album mm-hmm. and kind of the image they start to put forth. So in their fourth album, Very Necessary, um, was released October 12, 1993 on London Records with Polygram distributing it. Um, the album featured songwriting and production by Salt Pepper and Spinderella, um, and then a, a few by Herbie as well. Um, so Shoop was on this album. It hit number four in the United States and number thirteen in the UK, um, and it was co-produced by Peppa. Here I go. Here I go. Here I go again. Okay, sorry, I'm not gonna. What a man I'm featuring In Vogue hit you um number three in the u.s and number seven in the uk and none of your business which was a top 40 u.s hit and a top 20 uk hit the album eventually sold seven million worldwide and with five million in the u.s making it five times platinum making them the first female rap act solo or group to have a multi-platinum selling album um the group toured and salt co-starred in the movie who's the man um, and Peppa co-starred in the movie Joe's Apartment, which I never saw Who's the Man, but I saw Joe's Apartment like 4,000 times. <laughs> um, Peppa ha- had started a um, 
relationship with Tretch of the rap group Naughty by Nature. And she later went on to um, to marry him in a lovely ceremony at a tattoo parlor. Um, and so the way it was worded, eventually, I guess I found out that it was like, almost like on a whim, they got married at the tattoo parlor that night because then they had a ceremony for their friends and family later. Yeah. Um, but Did it you was just, show them having like getting a tattoo at their wedding. <laughs> how funny. Um, so the trio won a Grammy award for best rap performance by a duo or group in 1995 for the single none of your business, making them the first female rap act to win a Grammy. And um, the album is the best selling album to this day by a female rap act. Nice. By the time their next album was released, salt and Peppa had gone through the legal process of completely breaking away from Herbie, whom they accused of unfair royalty payments. Um, salt had broken up with him due to their many ups and downs. The trio had also left London Records after one album and signed with Red Ant Records, uh. um, which I think Red Ant Records is the one you mentioned. Like Red Ant went under, but I had no information about them like helping form this label. But you said the movie made it sound like they'd formed this label. It did. And I don't like that. All I know is that like because they don't even talk about it really when they're quote unquote forming it or if they form it just at the end, um, like after it goes bust, they're like, he's like, Oh, well you're just here. Cause your little record label, like your little indie record label, you know, failed. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, okay. I, I missed the part where they formed the record label. <laughs> maybe, maybe he just meant you're just here because the record label you left for failed. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That's so weird. Anyway. Um, so, Red Ant offered them fifteen a $15 million signing bonus. So the group undertook produ- production duties once again, um, but without Herbie involved in any part of the album for the first time. Yay! The result was brand new, which was released on October 21st, 1997, um, and it hit store shelves a few months later. However, Red Ant fired, filed for bankruptcy soon afterward, which halted promotion on all of its releases, including salt and Peppa's album. They toured in support of the album, but without any promotion or marketing from Red Ant, they only scored minor hits with Are You Ready and Giddy Up. Um, this album was certified gold in the U.S. for sales over 500,000. Um, and then there are another approximate 200,000 sold worldwide. So although it was not as big as it's like the two albums leading up to it, it did keep intact this unbroken string of platinum and gold albums by the trio. Yeah. Um, so in March of 1999, salt and pepper went on a tour. Um, that year in July, salt and pepper's greatest hits album titled the best of salt and pepper was released in Europe on January 25th. Um, Hold on. I think I mixed two lines here. So that's the year she finally got married to Tretch in July of that year. And then in January Mm -hmm. of 2000 was whenever the greatest hits album came. Okay. Um, So Peppa and Tretch remained married for two years, but their marriage ended in divorce on July 31st, 2001. Um, 
So with no albums contractually due at the time, Salt decided to quit the group, stating that she had had enough of the music industry and no longer wanted to be involved in it. They officially disbanded in 2002, and sometime later, Salt announced that she would release her first solo album, but she never ended up doing so. Um, she was, however, featured on a remix version of Salt City 6's Shine on an album called Holy South Worldwide, which is a compilation of Christian rap and Christian R&P, which is rhythm and praise songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the album was actually produced by uh, a former 3-6 Mafia member, Mr. Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Salt starts to reveal that she had suffered from bulimia for many years while she was um, part of the, the act. Um, and in the meantime, Peppa appears on the fifth season of VH1's The Surreal Life. And Spinderella gets a job as a radio personality on KKBT 1000, uh, 100.3 in L.A. So she hosts a show called The Backspin with DJ Mo Dave. Uh, And it's a nationally syndicated weekly radio show that features old school hip hop music. And she also um, periodically DJs at like guest DJs at various clubs. Right. And so the band is on hiatus or the trio is on hiatus for a total of five years. Mm -hmm. So then uh, in September of 2005, Salt and Peppa appear on VH1's hip hop honors. um, Yes. Because the trio were honorees. The, all three women reunite the next year for the next hip hop honors program and perform what a man with in vogue. This is their first performance in six years. And it's also their first performance of what a man with in vogue on stage with them. Ugh. That's like, Salton. dude, like, right. That's iconic shit right there, man. Uh-huh. Salt and Peppa reformed in 2007. Um, All three children, all three have older children now. Spinderella has a, yes, Spinderella has a daughter with um, former NBA player Kenny Anderson. And Mm -hmm. that daughter actually performed on an, uh, no, appeared on an episode of My Super Sweet 16 in 2008. Did Salt and Pepper perform at her Super Sweet 16? (laughs) It's in vogue, just singing what a man. Even if my mom is. Spinderella and it's like part of salt. Like my ass is going to school. Like salt and pepper are performing at my super sweet 16. Right. (laughs) Definitely not to be missed. Um, It's going to be fun. And you're not invited. Oh yeah. You're not invited. (laughs) Did she cry when she didn't get a Mercedes? Um, I hope so. Or the Mercedes was the wrong color. Those are my favorite is when they're like, I want a diamond white and this is pearl white. (laughs) (laughs) So on October 14th, 2007, the Salt and Peppa show debuted on VH1. Peppa initially started the formation of the series while she was appearing on The Surreal Life. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Salt and Peppa show chronicled the lives of Salt and Peppa as they worked out past issues and returned the recording studio. And Spinderella was featured in several episodes, but this is where I told you things kind of start to fall apart for Spinderella. Like she is getting pushed further and further into the ether. Yeah. 
Um, so later in 2008, the trio performs with MC Light, Yo-Yo, and the and Lady of Rage at the BET Hip Hop Awards. And Peppa releases her autobiography, Let's, Let's Talk About Pep. Um, the book was co-written by Karen Hunter, and it features an introduction by Queen Latifah and an epilogue by Missy Elliott. So they are like, Dude, let's see how on. many divas we can fit in this book. <laughs> are you shitting me? Like... Queen Latifah and Missy Elliott are opening and closing your book. Right. Like, you wrote the whole medal. Damn it. Um, so, to accompany the book, she actually launched her own social media network for her fans. Um, and then she starred in a limited-run reality TV show called Let's Talk About Pep on VH1. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on May 2009, Salt and Peppa perform in a concert in Honolulu. Um they name this show the ladies of the eighties and then they perform at the good vibrations festival in Australia in February. Um, they're just kind of touring their greatest hits. Um, and in on October 12, 2010, they received the I am hip hop award at the BET hip hop awards on February 4th, 2011, they had a national tour titled salt and Peppa's legends of hip hop tour. And this tour is like, first of all, I have a laugh. And so I'm going to say this to the end, but um, Houdini, Rob Bass, Curtis Blow, Biz Markie, Naughty by Nature, MC Light, Big Daddy Kane, Cool Modi, and Chub Rock are all featured on this tour, as well as Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. <laughs> can you imagine calling up the biggest names from when you were young and like hey you remember how we surpassed you in every way you want to go on yeah, tour well, with us well, remember when we broke into the industry by writing a diss track about you do you want to come on tour with us it'll be super fun i promise to only make fun of you a lot they just write like <laughs> dougie fresh and slick rick show for their first rehearsal and it's on ever like I totally forgot you go here. Oh my god. <laughs> so funny. I forgot we called you. You look so cute. <laughs> look at you. So, um on 2000 on November 21st, 2011, they appear on the X Factor Australia's third season with uh finalist Johnny Rufo. They perform Push It. Um <laughs> And then in 2012, they opened for Public Enemy in Brooklyn as part of the Martin Luther King Jr. concert series. Nice. And then while they're on stage performing What a Man, they're like, um, so we don't have In Vogue with us today, but what we do have is Kid in Play! <laughs> and, <laughs> and so Kid in Play came out and do What a Man with them. I um, am dead. Like, oh man i'm dead that's all so thank you for coming to my ted talk in november of 2014 they're on a geico commercial um and then they perform push it on an episode of the wendy williams show december that premiered um december 18th 2015 and mm -hmm. at this performance dj spinderella was notably missing and um, Wendy Williams was their guest DJ. Can you imagine being replaced by Wendy Williams? Tonight, no, um, Luke. Tonight, Luke Bryan is sick from American Idol, and so Paula Abdul replaced him. 
in case you're wondering. Well, I heard too that um, I don't remember if it was American Idol. It was one of those America's Got Talent, Amer- whatever. They all run together. Um, Kelsey Ballerini was going to fill in for somebody for several Kelsey weeks. Ballerini I think for is Kelly Clarkson. In for Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Kelly Clarkson is, I think, maybe quarantined. And so Kelsey that, Ballerini But that's not has, American Idol. That's no, that's America's voice. Got talent, or oh, that's right, that's the, the voice. voice. See, they there's like so there's too many of them, too many. Yeah, no. So I follow very closely uh, Amer- um, American Idol, um, and then the voice just kind of pops up in my life. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so in February 2016, Shoop makes a comeback. Because it's one of the main theme songs of the movie Deadpool. Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the duo, along with Spinderella, performs in Canada for Westerner Days at the Inmax Centrium on July mm-hmm. 21st, 2016. Um, in 2017 through 2018, the group toured as part of the I Love the 90s tour, um, which I am pretty sure came through Shreveport. And I didn't get a chance to go because I wanted to. Um, Look, but, I didn't go, but I do love the 90s. Yes. A lot. Also in 2018, they appear on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Salt and Pepper do. Um, and they have a in-studio lifeline that's like phone a friend. And so they have Kid and Play come in to be their studio plus one as their lifeline. And I just love this. Like... I love that they like, but they really made that, that pact like way back when, and they stuck with it, like for better, for worse, they've got kid and play themselves, Martin Lawrence, like they're doing the thing. Uh So, um, in March of 2019, it's announced that salt and Peppa would have a biographical mini series coming to Lifetime Network. So that's why I was asking Uh, you, you said this was three hours long. I wonder if they filmed a mini series and then stuck it together. Um, they may have it was um highlighting the rise of the group to become one of the first successful female rap groups uh queen latifah and salt and peppa are executive producers on the series it's announced um so then in may of 2019 this was a tour i really wanted to go to and it didn't come anywhere close to me the mixtape tour um it had salt and peppa debbie gibson tiffany naughty by nature and then news new kids on the block were the headline performers um right um you know i watched a tiktok yesterday about then somebody was like you know do you really miss concerts like do you really miss concerts yes and and I, I was thinking no, but you're talking about these concerts, and I think that I, I would like to change my answer. Well, so I don't know if you remember what I did the night before the world literally shut like shut down. Yeah, you went and saw Share, you asshole. I saw Share. Um mm-hmm. and so like I miss concerts in a way that I don't know that a lot of people miss concerts because it being at a concert was my last bout of normalcy like Mm -hmm. that's the last thing i did bc before covid and then and then it was you know like so i think the next time i get to go to a big concert like that i will just ugly cry yeah because it will have such a different meaning for me you know oh totally 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 i get Um, that 
so on this tour that launches May 2nd, 2019, um, all these people are listed. Notably absent from the first concert is DJ Spinderella. Mm-hmm. The next day she announces on social media and in an Instagram post that she'd been terminated from salt and Pepper as of January and that she broke her silence after the band hadn't made a public announcement regarding their parting ways. So DJ Coco mm-hmm. Chanel, who had been uh, on BET networks and hot 97 became the replacement DJ for salt and Pepper. Um, so, they don't really give a reason as to why Spinderella is terminated. It's kind of like creative differences, which is the same reason that they let Latoya Henderson go at the very beginning of mm-hmm. their career. Um, yeah. And it's back to what we were talking about, that it always has been the salt and pepper show, which like, I yeah. know the the band is named after the two of them, but like mm-hmm. they, they did five albums with Spinderella. It's not like she was nowhere to be seen in their rise to the top, you know? Yeah. And and maybe, and, and I'm not trying to be an apologist, and maybe it has to do with the fact that they did split up for so long, and maybe, like, after they reunited, they were creative. I don't know. I feel like when you go so far back, I mean, because they've been a, a quote-unquote duo with other people for 35 years, but they have changed that other person several times, and I don't right. know. It just sucks, because I hate, I, I, I love the music that they all make. And so I hate the fact that they don't get along. Yeah. So in November of November of 2020, Spinderella files a lawsuit or it's announced that Spinderella has filed a lawsuit against salt and pepper, alleging that she's missing royalties was underpaid for appearances and wasn't paid at all for the group's performance on the 2018 billboard music awards. Billboard wow. reported that Spinderella was seeking compensation that extends back to Salt and Peppa's 1999 Best of Album and royalties from the last 10 years. Wow. She's suing for fraud, trademark infringement, and breach of contract and wants the duo to discontinue using her name and image while promoting events. And hang on to that because she, in fact, files a... Um, uh, what's the... Uh, an order... Um, a restraining order or like an injunction to make them stop using it immediately. Like um, a gag kind of. Yeah, basically. Um, so Spinderella also claims that she's been denied work opportunities because of salt and Peppa's ties to the industry that they have kind of blacklisted her. Hmm. Um, I, Oh no, I was right. It was a restraining order. So at some point she did request a restraining order against the group mate it was not granted because there's like okay. no proof that they tried to come near her anyway right yeah i mean and it's uh, hard like so a restraining order from using your image and name is really hard to prove that they're exploiting your name and image i feel like almost it would have been easier for her to prove that they were like harassing her or something if they were you know right um so in spite of the sticky legal situation salt and pepper say they still continue sp- Spinderella to be their friend. Um, according to Vulture, the group issued this response via a spokesperson. Quote, a U.S. District Court judge in the Dallas District today rejected DJ Spinderella's request for immediate relief against salt and Peppa and its management, ordering the case to mediation. 
We are grateful for the judge's ruling as salt and Peppa have been extremely generous to spend over the many decades decades and attempted to settle what amounts to a divorce, both peacefully and without rancor. Unfortunately, Spin and her legal team adopted a scorched earth approach that brought unnecessary attention to a business dispute that could have all that all along could have and should have been settled amicably and privately. Um, you know, I think it's probably one of those, I mean, age old stories where there is one side and the other side and the truth lies truly like somewhere in the middle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so on January 23rd, 2021, Lifetime released the salt and pepper um, biopic, which starred Gigi Townsend as Salt, Layla Odom as Pepper, Monique Jasmine Paul as Spinderella, Cleveland Berto as Herbie, Daniel Keith Morrison as MC Hammer, Denver Taylor as Martin Lawrence, Bronson Phillips. I don't know why I listed all these people. Um, Salt and Pepper mm-hmm. were executive producers, and Queen Latifah served as a producer. Um, mm-hmm. Mario Van Peebles directed the film. It was my understanding that he also played Sweet Tooth by the way he probably he might have yeah and a special edition of the film was released january 23rd 2021 um and so that leads us to what you what else you mentioned the drama with spinderella um like not being mad- in the movie at all right so she was not included in the movie um so i mean she, she's definitely she- there but she's not like in the movie (laughs) so that is she addressed that in a series of tweets and so her tweets said oh can we not do that right sorry but i gotta speak on this lifetime special too often black women who have made meaningful contributions to their industry are left out of historical narratives i do however want to offer a huge congratulation oh let's see that skip something um Back when Salt and Peppa was building our legacy, which is rooted in empowering women, I could not have dreamed that this same group would one day disempower me. Words cannot fully express my disappointment when I learned a decision was made to move forward with a lifetime biopic that wrongfully excluded me from every aspect of development and production. All the while using my image throughout, given that I played an integral role in the group's story and success. There's nothing more unacceptable than a woman being silenced by another woman. It is for this reason, I will not be supporting it. I do, however, want to offer a huge congratulations to the talented actresses that represented us, including Monique Paul, who I wish would have been given an opportunity to share my true perspective with. You know, I, what I, in reflection, I'm disappointing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, she continued on. In reflection, I'm grateful I've managed to uphold a 30-year career of truly empowering women with my gift against all odds. This will continue my work, in my work and in my service. The great news is I'm in the final stages of writing my memoir, a personal journey navigating through life, relationships, and the industry that raised me. 30 plus years is a lot of content and I'm ready to share. Um. What I found probably most disappointing about it is that um, instead of, I, I feel like if they didn't want to include her in the movie, they could have really cut out her image entirely. Right. But they well, didn't. Instead, they have this third character who, if you know who Salt and Peppa are and you follow them, you know it's DJ Spinderella. 
but they never name her. She doesn't have lines. She's, she's not, I mean, she's like a ghost that's just on stage with them. But even like during the performances, when she's on stage, she has a central role in the performance, but they never talk about who she is or why she's there. Right. Um, and well, that I, I think was, it, it, I think it was a weird choice by Lifetime and, and Salt, like if Salt, I'm pretty sure Salt and Peppa did produce this. The executive this, so produced it. It's, it's a weird move by whoever directed it to like include well, her, but also completely exclude her from the narrative. Well, I would like to know if she had recorded lines that we never will get to see because of the gag order that Spinderella tried to have put in place. Like I want to know how much of that was reactionary to that. Yeah. That's interesting Um, too. I didn't think about that. So my closing remark just is while they did go through their ups and downs, what started as a friendship between two college students has continued. This is, I think this is from biography. Um, Mm -hmm has continued to seep its influence into the music industry today. Quote, back then we didn't think a lot about what we were doing. It was very organic. James told the morning call and 31 years later to see Beyonce dressed up as salt and pepper on Halloween. It's just like, wow, that's not something I yeah. definitely thought would be happening. Uh, I don't think anyone sets out their day. Like, Hey, Beyonce's going to dress as me for Halloween. <laughs> that's actually also that. The pressure, like, can you, like, if, if Beyonce dresses us for Halloween, like the pressure. <laughs> I choose to believe that one day she Whereas will. Whereas you, okay, so me, I sit on my hands and I'm like, oh my God. And you, when I say Beyonce's going to dress us for Halloween, you do this with your hair. <laughs> like you were expecting well, it the whole time. <laughs> my entire life. In fact, here, I'm telling you what costume she's wearing. She's actually going to split oh, us right down the center. And the right side is you and the left side is me because you're always right. And so she's got a half wig that's your hair, and then it's <laughs> short on this side. And like mm-hmm. I can look, I'm so down with this. Um, and she I, she has to play she has to play with this side the whole time because that's absolutely what you do all the time. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I love this, um, and I hope it happens. Dear Beyonce, we know you're listening. We have yeah. um, we've gotten your emails. Well, I know you, you don't listen. You don't listen to TCO, do you? No. So recently, it came out, and it came out like in a weird way. Well, it came out because she tweeted about it. But Chrissy Teigen is like a huge fan of TCO. And then rest in peace, Chrissy, your- Chrissy's Twitter account. Yeah. Um. So they ended up like starting to DM each other on Instagram. Like one thing led to another. So when Chrissy Teigen and John legend go to their house in New York, where Patrick and Jillian from true crime obsessed live, everybody gets a COVID, like a fancy COVID test. They all hang out and record a show together. And, and then I assume that Patrick and Jillian are now dead because they died from being around like the exposure, yeah. the, the, ex- the exposure to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend will will that's, kill you. <laughs> that's the, the, the New Age Oregon Trail, you died of exposure, has a completely yeah. different meaning. So I assume that someday that will happen with you, me, and either Taylor Swift or Beyonce and Jay Z. Why not both? Por qué no los dos? So yeah, Actually, I'm just manifesting that now. So I mean, I love to at Beyonce. <laughs> I love Beyonce and Jay Z. Don't get me wrong, but like, if Taylor wants to come hang out with us and then also invite her friends Blake and Ryan over, like, 
girl. I will make a cheesecake for all of you. Yeah, let's manifest that for 2021. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even, even just ta- like Taylor Swift would kill me from exposure alone. That's it. Yes. I like I'd walk into her presence and I would be deceased. So she would have to take over as co-host and y'all could just keep going. Oh, God, I wouldn't. I, I mean, she doesn't have enough around. going on. So clearly I wouldn't be able to be <laughs> funny enough around Taylor. Like she'd say something and I'd be like, Please never do that again. My <laughs> earballs. My earballs hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. She'd be like, welcome to the Lifetime Citizen. Taylor- I'd be like, you're so funny, Taylor. <laughs> if, if, Taylor if Taylor did listen, she just She stopped. just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe. Like, oh, there it is. I still maintain <laughs> that we are the podcast that she references in... Um, her song. I mean, she hasn't come out and said it's not us, so that no, leaves only one conclusion. That it is, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, have you been reading anything? Oh my gosh, I'm reading so much right now. So I am reading uh, You Love Me, which is the third book in the You series, which is Joe Goldberg. If you watched it on Netflix, it is that Joe Goldberg. Um, I'm about a third of the way through it. It's really good. I love it. I'm also reading The People We Meet on Vacation, which is, excuse me, Emily Henry's new book. She wrote, um, what is the name of that book? I really loved it. It was such a good book. Hold on. I just read it earlier this year. Um, Um, People, oh, just last night? No. Beach Read. She wrote Beach Read. Beach Read. Yeah, she wrote Beach Read. I uh, love that book. I just finished um, that. That's adorable. It is adorable. So this is her new book. It comes out May 11th. Um, it's an arc for me. It's really good. And I also got another arc. It's called, um, oh, The Hunting Wives. And it's about a su- like Southern women um, and like a kind of um, mean girls kind of situation, but with moms, suburban moms in the South. And it's supposed to be yes. really good. So I'm in. looking forward to starting that, but I'm going to finish um, You Love Me and Emily Henry's new book first. What about you? What are you reading? Um, well, so I just finished Beach Read at your recommendation. Um, so good. Didn't you love it? it was, did you cry a little? I did. A little yeah. bit. Um. It, no, it has like that poignant moment where you're just like, <gasps> yes. Yeah. So I'm just finding that romance isn't my genre. So like, even though this is probably the least romantic romance, like, yeah, it's that's still why is- I liked it because it's it's not a romancy romance, and I I like that about her. Right. She writes uh, that like non-romancy romance novel. Yes. And then I um just started the Firekeeper's Daughter. Um, mm. so I heard good. that's good and uh, I heard that's good NetGalley sent me like a I'm sure they sent it to everybody but it's like the here's your book club pack for the next yes I got that too mm-hmm. um, and so I'm excited to get into that because I may recommend this to my book club next time I get to host it because nice. um, I am part of a book club at my local library and we rotate hosts and so when it's yeah. my turn around um, I make it's all like 97 year old people and me so I always make them read something that's way out of their comfort zone 
No, um, but they should. They should. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I just um, downloaded yeah. The Winemaker's Wife. Is that what it's called? Yes, by Kristen Harmel. Um, do you remember a few weeks ago I read the Holocaust book, the um, the Book of Lost Names? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is another book by the same author. Um, and it is about the wives who would help... Um, for my understanding, it's about the wives of winemakers in France who would help hide away um, uh, refugees trying to run from the Holocaust and hide uh-huh. them in the like in the caves and in the hidden spots in their vineyards. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, which That's is really also based in history. Like Kristen Harmel is really right. good at researching historical fact and then writing really good historical fiction around it. I really love that. Yeah, I, that's really great. That's awesome. Yeah, I have so much going on. I also have another arc that I'm slowly making my way through. It's, um, it is called The Ballerinas, but it doesn't come out till December. So I'm, I'm reading it a little bit slower because I have a little bit more time to read that and get the, the review up and everything before it's released. Oh, right, right. Um, did you ever watch um, In Search of Bobby Fisher? The mm-hmm. So it, there was a movie when we were much younger, either called In Search of or Looking for Bobby Fisher. And it was about a young chess prodigy who was like trying to chase the high of being Bobby Fisher. Um, it's a memoir written by Fred Waitzkin, who... Um, oh. Fred is the chillest old man ever so he um i interviewed him for my blog maybe two years ago now um, for another book that he wrote but his um agent just sent me his newest memoir that's about to come out so i have to read that it's short too luckily so i can read it very quickly but i have to read it and get it up soon i mean speaking of the ballerinas when i was younger i was not watching anything because I was at ballet practice (laughs) (laughs) for like 15 years. I was at ballet practice. Like I, I didn't do anything else. So um, yeah. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. Yes. Um, Aaron has been excited all night to tell you where you can find us on the socials. Like she told me before this call started that she can't wait. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Also, shout out to all the people that have been liking our Facebook page lately. Like, yeah. we love you. Thank you. Um, if you like our Facebook page, go and like rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes because that helps us with other things. Yes, please. Um, you can follow us on pay- or not. We, well, you can you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. We did some uh, live um, brainstorming in our Patreon episode, so there's some new fun things that are going to come out soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, was that our Patreon? I think that was, was this episode? episode. Well, you're welcome. We, we uh, did them back to back, so it's all been one giant episode to us. And this, like, shit the bed, like, halfway through. So <laughs> behind the scenes... Um, you can follow us on TikTok at Lifetime Sentence. You can go to our website, uh, lifetimesentence.com, and you can hit the email button and send us an email that's not a sales pitch. Or you can email us at lifetimesentencepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, <sighs> Did it. That was, that was incredible. And if 
if quoting social media handles was an Olympic event, you would at least be bronze, but maybe silver. Oh my God. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know why. I, I believe you gold, can work but... to gold. I believe you can work to gold, but like, um, I have gotten, I have heard, uh, what should I read next by Ann Bogle? And she just has it quick sticks. I think she has it pre-recorded. Um, and we just, that would be too professional for us. I mean, I guess you can contact her for your new podcast without me. <laughs> oh, Anne, if you are listening, I doubt you are. But Anne, if you're listening, um, Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Make sure that you put in the title, Not For Aaron, so that she will be nosy and read anything you want to say to me. Anne Bogle, I know you're listening. Wow. Also, that is my podcast recommendation. If y'all need a new podcast and you like books and reading as much as I do, what should I read next? She oh, is a bibliotherapist. I have a podcast recommendation. Ooh, tell us. It's called Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan. Um, it is a new podcast by the Obsessed Network. I know I talk about all the Obsessed shows all the time. Um, this show is super funny. Daisy is hilarious. She like the way she narrates the podcast is exactly the way that my brain thinks. And so I follow it really well. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's super funny. They did the watcher house. That was the first episode. And you know, I loved it when we covered it. So it was really interesting. Surely it was not as good as our, that's the one where I did the creepy voice, right? That It is. <laughs> Lots of writing. There was, that. There was a creepy voice, but it was different. Um, but it, the show is really, really funny. I like it. It's Are very you saying short. That Daisy on- listens to us? Oh, I wish. <laughs> uh, if Tony Award winning Daisy Egan is listening, shoot us an email, girl. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure all the Tony. I'm sure at backstage of the Tonys, they just blast this podcast. Oh, I'm while sure. While everyone's getting ready, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, and then we not only is it Daisy's off, but- favorite, it's also Adina Menzel's favorite and Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> oh, good God, they're going to fight over us, ladies. Yeah. There's enough of me to go around. Don't worry. There's um- enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, God. Sued somehow. Th- uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone and Kristen Chenoweth, please don't send us a gag order. (laughs) Bye. Bye.